again don't judge us we doing what we got to yeah. do okay we are in a long distance relationship i don't think i've gone this long without seeing talendria since i've known this bitch oh and you know no homo but i miss you i miss you too friend who else i didn't nobody to make pasta for i suggested it to my mom she was like ew no I was like, okay. <laughs> no i, I slipped out sad because i need to take my car to the shop and i was like i'm gonna go take my car i'm gonna go to tell it <laughs> oh boy no i miss you too it's lonely up here it's um i will say that ain't no reason that i can't get the shit done that i need to get done because i don't have no life up here so if i'm not getting stuff done it's because i'm a lazy fool <laughs> I ain't that's got shit so unfortunate that's how I was when I moved to Atlanta, like in ninth grade. Like I had no choice but to do my homework because I had nothing else to do. So I was on the principal's list for the first time in my entire life. I'm going from making straight C's and getting D's in social studies. And then I had the principal's list. I'm like, you are lame, ma'am. But yes, we are back. We are on Zoom. Thank y'all for rocking with us. I know it's been a transition. I know it's been changing, but y'all, y'all we're with us. We're rebranding. Yeah. And um, thank you for our ride or dies. It's a couple of y'all. I ain't gonna say no names because who are I'm, men actually? The let men. Let me tell you something. I don't believe in men as an institution. I don't. But these few have held us down. Okay. Down. okay? Down. Thank you. If you're here from TikTok, shout out to you. Um, that TikTok really went crazy. I was not expecting that. Thank y'all so much. Thank you to TikTok. Period. Because like I've had a really good TikTok week, and I haven't. I know this sounds really corny, but I've been praying about TikTok. I'm like, God, I want to, like, I'm trying to flop in. Like, I really want, like, you know, this kind of stuff. I like creating. And there's so much opportunity on TikTok. And it was like a voice that said, make a euphoria video. And I was like, what? Make a euphoria video. Because I saw someone, like a white girl had did it. I was like, do one in Negro. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I shot that thing in like 10 minutes. My mom was coming home from work and looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just bear with me, mom. Just get, give me a second. Just give me three million views later. That's beautiful. Three, three million views. Like I can honestly cry. Like I, I, and I know it seems super like stupid, no, but first like of all, first of all, first of all, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. If it's some shit you want to do, and it's some shit you want to do well, I don't give a fuck if you want to be an underwater basket weaver, bitch. It's not corny. It's not goofy. <laughs> it's not none of that shit. It's what the fuck you want to do when you did it and you're doing it Thank well. You. So stop Thank all that negative self talk. Who gives a fuck? Okay, it's bitches out here, like we talked about last time, selling farts. So if you want to make a TikTok, <laughs> you, you do that shit. Thank you, friend. No, I, it, it makes me happy. Like people, like really, like even, even every time I do the video, I send it to Tally and I send it to Rodney because like, I don't think it's funny. So I'm like, hey, y'all, if y'all don't say it's funny, I'm not posting it because it's not funny. But like, it's the smallest Let's just, I don't watch the show. So I'm going on pure <laughs> what I know from trailers and tweets and it's so funny because like whatever people have been talking about on twitter like you're putting it together in a funny way in the video and i, I find Thank that you, uh, really funny i, yeah, I just want to i would want to get discovered and not you know it just shows my writing capabilities and hopefully someone's like this whole clever here's a i mean i have a job so luckily this is not like my whole bread and butter 
But let's hopefully it's like, hey, you want to be in this writer's room? Uh, yeah, I do. So right. who knows? And you know what? I think that it's important to do like creative avenues to do what you want to be good at, basically, or like where you want to end up. Because like even the work I do, maybe I will run for office one day with the platform yeah. that says, y'all let everybody else do it. That would be my whole platform if I ran for office somewhere. Y'all let everybody <laughs> else do it. Why not? Honestly, <laughs> that. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as you don't matter how you get there, as long as you get there, don't matter what path you take. And I think you're doing great. Thank you, friend. Maybe I'll be president since they let literally anybody do it. Yeah. Um, something good happened to me at work. I forgot to tell you before we got here. Remind me to tell you when we get off because it was amazing. Okay. Yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. Oh. Work is going good for me, too. And we're going to talk about that because this is not a work place because we've been talking about buttholes on here. But yeah, God is good. God, like, honestly, All the time. two years ago. Where I am now, I'd be like, girl, get out of my face. So God is good. You know, we, 2022, we just got to keep on pushing. Um, Have you seen you that meme? Say? Have you seen that meme where it's like, um, when somebody, the meme is like, uh, would teenage you or something be impressed with you? And then the meme is like, damn, I kind of wasn't expecting to live this long. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what's crazy? Like, I didn't not expect to live, but I kind of was just winging it. Like, I knew I wanted to go to college. I know this sounds ridiculous, but I, I, I really didn't even plan on graduating. For real, I was like, I know I got to go to college to be AK, and I want to be AK, so I'm going to go to college. I don't give a fuck about no major class. <laughs> I know that sounds so bad, but <laughs> I did what I was supposed to do because I wanted to be AK. And I had no plan after that. Like, honestly, so when I did the Abbott Elementary skit, I was like, dang, I need a children's book. And my AP Lit teacher gave us a, um, the Dr. Seuss, all the places you'll go as like our yearbook. It, yeah, like as a super sweet gesture. And she, we gave like our list of favorite teachers and she had all of them sign the book for us. And it was so sweet. And inside the book, so it was two funny things. The first funny thing that goes with this conversation is that in it, it was like, okay, what college are you going to? You have been accepted. What's your major? What do you want to be when you grow up? And I was just like undecided. I have my major, but undecided on my career, girl. I don't know. I'm just going to college because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just looking at today, like I wouldn't have even expected. It's like, oh, okay, look, good for you. I didn't really expect anything. I probably would call myself a whore because that was my brand at the time. But other than that, I was kind of winging it. The second funny thing, which is also kind of sad, I don't know. I don't know if you saw. You laughed at my Instagram story, but I'll tell this podcast listeners. So my Spanish teacher wrote in there. My Spanish three teacher and. She passed away like in 20, like, I don't know, 15 or so. And it, I was like, oh my God, Senior Willis. Like, oh, I immediately started to cry and I went to go read her note, but she wrote the note in Spanish. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that is hilarious. <laughs> so, well, I tried to read it. And it was in cursive. And I'm like, I can't read this. It was, cursive was bad enough. Cursive and Spanish, I could not read it. And I felt Senior Willis. Luckily, I posted on my Instagram story. And someone who knew Spanish was like, can you send me a picture? I can translate it for you. I was like, please, thank you so much. So it was nice. She said, like, what a pleasure to have you in my class. It was, like, very nice thing. So recipes to your Willis, and she was AKA. So I just, God bless her. She was so nice, too. I think I managed to be out of her class. Well, and I remember her class so vividly because it was so funny. In 2011, this is when Chris Brown fame came out. Again, I am a recovering loser because I used to be a Chris Brown fan. And it was the day that he tore up Good Morning America. He taught the Good Morning America set, and I walked in class, and it was like, "Mel, get your boy." And I was like, "Leave me alone!" 
Okay, I don't want people answering for this nigga. Okay. Every time Chris Brown did something, I would walk into class and everybody be like, Damn. No, listen. So I was opposite of you in high school. I went to a high school full of Chris Brown fans and I would walk in whenever he did something terrible. We like, see, I told you, see, this nigga's a nut. He's a nut. And they'd be like, shut up. And I'm like, he's terrible. It would be so funny because like, <laughs> it's not funny because this thing used to beat bitches up. But like the day after that shit happened, like, the, like when it first, first happened, like the whole Rihanna thing, I walked into class and it was like, dum, 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 dum. like I had my binders. I had a t-shirt. And then I was like, Mel, your boy's like, shut up. <laughs> I know. I saw it. Picture hit on TMZ. And I like, I had pulled it up. I was like, you know, it's okay. He didn't do it. Then she hit him first. It's so cringy now. And I'm so, and this is why I go so hard against men because I am able to abuse it for like a good 10 years almost. Like I am good on all of that. Um, good times. I remember last year. What? Am I cockeyed, Melanie, this whole time? No, I don't think you're cockeyed, baby. You would say something? I would have. I mean, I wouldn't say something, but if you would have asked just now, I would have been like, yeah. Why am I being Whitakery? What is happening? I have a fourth with a guy. My left eye be doing what the fuck it want to do. So, <sighs> okay, um, I'm sorry. I just. The day after the Chris Brown tour, when he had like that pleasing my fans still tour, and 13 people were there, and I was one of those 13. My dad gave me like $20 and I had to spend it wisely. So I could not pay for the meet and greet with new boys, but I bought a t-shirt that said, I love Chris Brown. And I wore that. And the chemistry teacher, who was my Delta villain origin story, she saw me, she was like, <laughs> she looked at me and she was just like, <laughs> and I was like, I love, I am Mrs. Chris Brown. She called you a loser in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> Did you see that little girl, Mountie, with that Chris Brown shirt on? She was right. In hindsight, she was right. She was right. Um, I have been anti Chris Brown for as long as I can remember. So much so that I had a boyfriend and we broke up and he gave me a Chris Brown album as an apology. And I was like, is this a threat? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you going to fuck me? me up? What is this? He was like, I'm apologizing to you. I was like, no, you ain't. <laughs> a threat. This is a yeah. threat. Oh, boy. No, I used to, like, even today, because they were like, why did you make a Twitter? I made a Twitter in 2009. And the first thing that my, my nubby fingers decided to type was worried about breathing. Listen, dot, dot, dot. I want you to know that I saw that. And I want you to know exactly what happened when I saw it. Um, no, my love for you runs deep. Because if we have not established the friendship that we have established thus far, and I saw that, I would back out of this friendship. I was like, she is a long running fucking lunatic. And I just can have no parts of this, but I know that you're a different person and I know that you're better, but I saw it and I was, and I didn't see the date. So I saw it and I was like, oh no, we've got to cancel the podcast. <laughs> we gotta shut this shit down. It's gotta go. If I could just hit a kill switch on any any tweet with the word Breezy, Chris, CJ, K, Hit me Rihanna. up after you can. I have. There's a political tool. I'll let you use my password. Please. Um. It 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 was bad for your girl. I. It was very embarrassing. Like shit. I used to do as a fan girl, and my parents supported me. I think they just supported me, not necessarily like the fact that this nigga was hitting bitches, but it's just like they would just support the parents. Like they would take me to the concerts. Like my daddy made sure I was. Well, this is pre pre Rihanna, but he made sure I went to the Chris Brown concert at Chastain Park in 2008. I got my hair done. I had this pastries outfit on. You could not tell me. Shit, it was a week after my 14th birthday. 
Um, but this is in 2008. But post Rihanna, my parents still let me go. I don't know. I don't know what it was about. They used to drive me. But hey, I have the stories to tell. Um, yeah, but anyway, live tweet, y'all. Please live tweet. Yes. Y'all, don't, y'all be listening, but y'all don't be tweeting. And I need y'all to tweet. And send us letters. We know y'all got some business. We want to be in it. Um, some if you want to tell somebody something and you got some tea, tell us. I be in y'all's business because I actively look at y'all's tweets. I know at least two of y'all are going through a breakup. I know three of y'all <laughs> are in new relationships. Somebody think they pregnant. I seen it. So tell us about it before I start wildly speculating and just guessing and sending you DMs at five o'clock in the morning when I wake up because that's what I'm going to do. Um, so yeah. Uh, joke of the week, Melanie. Go ahead. Oh, damn. What is the joke of the week? Um, God, I, I hate to be so cliche, but niggas. Like, you know, it's just always, it's just like an evergreen joke of the week. I'm just so tired of niggas. But no, really what it is, is like how these, we laugh at these misogynist pages and like the Kevin Samuels is and like these ugly, the freshly fit niggas and all of these podcast niggas. But it's just like, these niggas have huge platforms. And, and when you see people you know for real who aren't necessarily like balding weirdos, regurgitate the same shit it's just like oh this is a disease like it's really like it's bad out here for the girls like it's it's really sick because these niggas are like yeah you know what i am a prize you know what i'm not mass incarcerated so you know what worship me it's like oh these niggas is for real melanie i know a nigga is so fine truthfully like to the point where and i rarely think that men are like too attractive for me to like date or not feel insecure about but this nigga is so fine that like I would have to keep him locked up in a basement somewhere, like if we were today. And we text for a little bit, um, and he has a baby. And I was asking him about his baby. He didn't even answer me about the baby. He just immediately started talking about it about his baby mama, like bad. Like he called her a bitch. And I was like, well, she don't have to be that. He was like, no, she is. And then he just went on this whole rant about, and I pay child support and I take care of my son. And I was like, you don't have to worry about me. You don't do it. That'll do it. Then I never noticed and never paid attention because usually all he posts is like haircut stuff and wave stuff. And mind you, I wasn't trying to make it my husband. I was trying to fuck it. Anyway, he posts, he reposts like the loser stuff. And I'm like, you're too fine for this. Like how dudes like meet strippers and they're like, I can take you out of this club. Like you don't have to get do this. Right. I can get you back right. Like that's what I was like. No, you know that shiggy, that shiggy video? I'm going to get you out of here. Right. I'm going to get you, you out of here. here. I was like, wow, like you really are too fine to be behaving like this. Like what is going on? The boys, me, I think, you know what I think it is? I think City Girl started this. When women started demanding more, like take me on a date, pay for me, whatever, Chanel me, whatever it is. Because gold, gold diggers aren't fucking new. But mm-hmm. when they see, and when it caught on, because even bitches like me, I was like, you know, I, I don't want no Chanel, but you know what, bitch? I could at least get me some Cajun chicken pasta or some shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I could at least get, get, get some flowers for a bitch's birthday. So when women started, you, you're like, you know what? JT and Carisha are right. And they're like, how dare these hood rats want more? And then it became like this trickle down effect. The, the, the thing that bothers me the most, which we don't talk about enough because we try to spare men's feelings, and you and I in particular, you know, black men, because we're both coloreds only fountains. Um, right. We try to be nice, but it's really that a lot of the time men 
if you have more to offer them money or gifts, then maybe you would be treated better. Because it's not like a lot of them are particularly interesting. It's not like a lot of them are particularly learned. Even if you have a degree, you don't read anything but 48 Laws of Power and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or something mm-hmm. by Dave Ramsey. Like, if you had more substance to you, then maybe people wouldn't treat you like a fucking trick. So, because... Mm. I, and I you're not that cute. And you're not that cute. But see, the thing about me is, is like everybody knows no secret. I don't date niggas who don't have money. You can have a regular amount of more money than normal, or you can have an outrageous amount of more money than normal. But what we won't do is be poor. But the difference is, is the reason them niggas don't feel like I'm trying to take advantage of them or gold digging on this because these niggas are genuinely interesting people. They just also happen to be niggas who can support themselves and me if I need them to. And that's right. also the part about it is like, I've had a dude say I was a gold digger before, but like I would be the world's worst gold digger. I would be the most colorblind, shimmer blind gold digger in the motherfucking world with no shovel, no pan in the, in the dead of night. If I was gold digging with you, you ain't got no gold. What am I digging? It's nothing to dig. It's nothing to dig. It's dirt. <laughs> it's and, dirt. And, and for me, I haven't dated like you know, niggas. I have dated niggas with money, but like, and again, city girls changed my whole mindset because she, Jatavia said, "Give a fuck what a nigga got if he ain't giving." It. I'm like, you know, he has money, but is he giving me any? No, he is not. And Granny, I, I, I was not asking for it, but at the same time, she's like, I, "Give a fuck what a nigga got if he ain't giving it." That bitch is spitting. You know what I'm saying? So and now, also, but all my niggas be cute though. They gonna be cute. You do have good taste in general. Your roster has been in, rostering in general. You know what I'm saying? I have a, a couple one on. I'm gonna try to you know inside. You don't have to tell nobody about them. You don't, and they show they have worse than a cute one. And you so know what? Here's, be shallow. here's the last piece on this uh, gold digger. Uh, situation that uh, really fucking bothers me is that like niggas with real money and I'm not trying to this is not like a ooh look at me look at my fancy experiences but I for real dated one nigga with like real 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 money niggas with real money do not ask you anything financial they don't ask you what you bring to the table Mm -hmm. they don't ask you your credit score they don't ask you about your student loan debt unless they trying to pay it they don't ask you if you a homeowner if you plan on being a homeowner they don't give a fuck niggas with actual gold to dig don't give a shit they don't care they don't care so all of all of y'all making y'all's um little whatever money you making uh thinking that somebody trying to come and steal your fifty thousand dollars a year forty five thousand dollars a year don't nobody want that or even the ones with money still complaining about two hundred dollar dates you're just a loser and that's the thing about it is because me and you can go out and spend 200 and run it up and run it up and just be drunk and happy. So I, you would rather I go out with you and have you make me feel like I got to earn a 200, $300 date or whatever. When I could just go out with my friend and spare myself the shame of talking about it later and also get to keep my coochie. I don't, I don't, I, you niggas, I get so sick of you niggas. Like I, no, listen. for real. I'm straight. It's awful. Um, what's your joke of the week, friend? Oh, my joke of the week is, um, listen, y'all, and I will say y'all collectively, whoever's listening, I'm blaming everyone. That's where I've landed. You too, Melanie, you're in it. Let me gain 
25 pounds over the last two years. That's not the joke, but that's the blame. That's where we're going to start. The I joke. Mean, I also gained those pounds as well. True. Okay. So maybe you're out of it. The joke is, is that I'm sitting here. I lost five pounds since I've started taking my shit seriously. And I'm like, how did I gain all this weight? I was making cheesecakes. I was putting Alfredo inside of tacos. I was making one cake and then on the inside would be a different cake. And I'm like, (laughs) I really just thought the world was going to end. And I said, fuck it. And I was eating everything that I could get my grubby little hands on. And it's so funny that like, I've course corrected my eating. I've gotten back to eating under 1500 calories a day. I'm doing intermittent fasting. I'm working out. And it's really like the answer was right there that you were eating smothered fucking short ribs. That's why you (laughs) gained 25 pounds. But you know what? Fucking same. But you know what's also awful? Is I go on DoorDash. So for work, we had like had a big project that launched. So my boss sends DoorDash coupons. I mean, not coupons, gift cards. I'm like, yeah, give me some dinner tonight. I've been meal prepping. I've lost five pounds as well. Been working out, doing a good thing. I'm doing great. Hell so I'm yeah. like, I'm getting me some dinner tonight. It's free. Uh, 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 uh. And I, I scroll down DoorDash. Wings, fries, wings, Phillies, wings, Chinese. Wings, wings, club food, wings, wings, crab legs, wings, wings, wings. I'm just like, what the fuck am I supposed to eat, bro? Like, it's such an awful food desert over here. It's it's terrible. It's the worst. And I'm so tired of eating garbage. And I'm glad I started meal. Now, meal prepping, usually, like, you know that clip of the girl from, like, one of them TLC shows that shouldn't be put on air when she, like, ate the little Brussels sprouts and started gagging? That's me eating vegetables. Like, I don't mind eating vegetables, but if you go put a whole bunch of green shit on my plate, like, bro, where the gravy? Where the damn... Ain't no garlic bread. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> we're doing much better. The thing, <laughs> like bread, bread sandwiches and shit. Put some, mm, some butter. See, I love vegetables, but the thing about me is I'll eat like, let's say I'll eat like twice the amount of vegetables, twice the amount of vegetables that I'm supposed to eat. I'll reward myself by being like, great. Now I'll have a big ass potato and four <laughs> cookies since I ate all the vegetables. Because I love, I actually love Brussels sprouts. If you let them get real crispy. I think they're delicious. Put a little uh, honey glaze on them. Wonderful. But um, I think that now I know I, I'm 29. I have no intention of falling off at 30 or before 30 because I mm-hmm. like and no shade, no tea. Everybody's in different places in their journeys. But it's like a lot of the girls who were shaped like me. It's only one girl who was shaped like me. Shout out to Brittany uh, in high school who still has her shape who still is like shaped up real, real, real nice. All the other thick girls have gone in a different direction or gotten really, 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 really skinny, but nobody has maintained their body. I absolutely refuse to be like, oh, I'm 30 and I got to take all my pictures with my hands. Uh, Or like in the group picture, she hiding behind somebody's whole body. Like we can see you, you know that, right? That's that's no shade because, you know, I get it. Everybody's body is wonderful. I'm talking about for me, I don't want to be insecure about something. I want to be able to stand flat-footed in my body, face forward the camera, and be happy in it, in my shape and in my my stomach. Because my stomach is a big problem area for me. Like, it's girls. I've been on TikTok lately. It's girls who are so beautiful and they're true like BBWs and they don't give a fuck. They in their bikinis, they in in their nothing and their robes, all that shit. They look wonderful. And I'm like, how do you even find the fucking gumption 
to do that? Because I'd be wanting to like yeet myself off the roof. And I wonder, is it something? Stop, stop saying that. Stop but saying. it's funny. Stop. Because no, I don't want to laugh at you saying that you're going to unlive yourself. But when you say fucking yeet off the <laughs> roof, I, I'm inclined to laugh. Like I'm just on. saying, because like we have these whole conversations also on Twitter, like, where people take it to the extreme. They're like, oh, if you're so focused on fitness, then is that fat phobic? And, you know, or, oh, if you're not comfortable being big, is that fat phobic? And I'm like, damn, my asshole. Like, am I doing something wrong? Like, because now, when now, here's the thing. Like, With those fat phobic conversations, and, and, and it is socialization, whatever, whatever, and, like, the point after the is a fat phobic, which, and, and not even to be an asshole, like, God is not through with me yet. I'm just going to be that. If I'm happy for myself, and look at my progress or whatever. Let me post that I'm proud of myself. Did I call y'all big fat nasty or anything? No, I might call myself that or whatever. And I know that may be problematic or whatever, but it's like, it's the socialization. Yeah, nobody really wants to be fat. So, and that's what we've been drilled in our head since we were five seconds old. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, naturally, yeah, we want to lose weight. Yeah, you know, we're in the because we don't want to be fat. And that, and that is probably, fat, and that is absolutely fat phobic. It is. But you know what? What am I supposed to do with that? You know what I'm saying? I, it's, we, we're all pretty much brainwashed and it is a negative connotation with being bigger. But also, I don't feel comfortable bigger. And But the, o- like the other thing about it is, and why I don't think it's fat phobic, especially when you think of the other words that we use, like phobic, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I don't think that person should have good things or I don't think that person should be doing well or I think they should be well, discriminated against or whatever. That's not the case. It's just that like, in my mind, like even the way that I am now, like being transparent, the biggest I got before the biggest I got was 191. When I got to Detroit, I was 200 pounds. I was 200 pounds. And granted, I'm shaped well. So like, I would have to tell somebody for like them to know that. It it, it terrified me. I, y'all would never be able to ask my mom because I keep her distance from the podcast and she keeps herself distance. I cried. I started crying. And I don't know. That's no shade. Nobody else. I just didn't know. I don't know how to handle that. I don't know. how. What am I supposed to do? And everyone's different. Yeah. Like that's like some, somebody got, oh, if I could just be 191, I'd be happy. You know what I'm saying? But everybody's thing is different. Like I was two weeks ago, I was 188. 188. And I was like, damn. And I look at the mirror, I'm like, ooh, who's this badass bitch? Ooh, you look good. You fine, ho. And then it's like one eighty eight. like, oh my God. And then for like five seconds, I'd be like sad about it. And I'd be like, girl, ass still get eight, whatever. It's not going by my business. But you know, we all have our own personal goals. You know, I, I want to give myself room. Well, now I know, okay, if I get up to 200 pounds, I'll still be small passing, you know, because you're not going to look at, oh, that girl, 188 right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know when I want to drop these jits in a year or two, I need to get me give myself a head start if I gain 50 pounds. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it's a lot. And we all have to come to Jesus with ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and weight as a whole and being fat or whatever. And, it, and it's a valid conversation to have, but on Twitter it gets, there's no nuance on Twitter. It's always so like accusatory, like y'all hate fat people because you at the gym. It's just like, okay, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? That's why the message gets lost. And the people are stupid anyway. So I, when they say these things, like I get what you're saying. Like when they say that, um, like people who get surgery, people who go to the gym and bodybuilding stuff are the same kind of body modification, which is fucking true. It is. You, that's true. It's true. You know, you're building certain stuff and you're doing certain movements, whatever, whatever. Yeah, our ancestors did not have to go to the gym because they're doing physical labor. But he, nobody was like, I'm gonna do 14 cotton bales and then I'm gonna go cut Shut down a tree. Up, and, and like, no, nigga, y'all are, like that's no. your physical. 
no, Melanie, no, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. But I'm saying like, yeah, we were just naturally working at the factory and shit or whatever. And yet that was physical work, but it wasn't like, a, okay, well, let me do this and work this muscle and this muscle. This. Like, no, this is actually planned and, and meticulous and also, or whatever. This is, you know, what where we've gone. This is not even a topic. This is all very tangential. But um, if I were to work out and eat well, and I still was 200 pounds, if I were to do everything in my power to truly be healthy, nothing with weight loss, and I still was whatever weight, that's fine. That's fine. But me seeing 200 pounds is like, oh, you're not eating well. Oh, you're not exercising enough. There's no, for my body, there's no way that I could be taking care of myself and be 200 pounds. That's just not how it works. But if I was taking care of myself, I was eating right, doing all the vegetables, not eating a thousand potatoes, not smoking a bunch of weed and not, you know, eating red meat like I'm a 50 year old white dad, then sure. 200 and a lot pounds. Of stuff, pounds. With bitches like us, we're also fighting against genetics. Like I ain't never going to be skinny. I've never been, I ain't been skinny since I was like 11. It's just not in my cards. I'm just going to always be a thick bitch. I look at pictures from 40 pounds ago and I was still thick, just a little bit smaller. You know what I'm saying? So people have to, and it's like a, and I try not to go get too into it because it's like, you'll never be satisfied. Like you'll lose the weight. Kiara Shear had a really good post yesterday um, about her weight loss and she's being transparent and she was like two, 290 was like the smallest or something like that. And she's in 300, whatever. And she's just like, I was, even when I was small, I was never satisfied. You'll be chasing this high that you'll never get to. You'll keep on just comparing yourself and beating yourself up. And it's not healthy. So you really just got to do this for you and be content with other you are. And, like, just happy in your progress because, again, like, you you get skinny. You lose the, the 50, 40, 90 pounds. And then you see somebody 10 pounds smaller. Like, ooh, look at this bitch. She's so skinny and pretty. Like, it's just never going to be enough. Because I remember, so pre-pandemic, the smallest I was in 2019 was 167. The biggest I was in 2019 was 176. I remember being upset with myself then. Exactly. Yes. I remember not being happy with my body then. I posted a picture today from when I was 23. I was maybe 160 in that picture. I remember I was so y'all don't know this about me, Melanie. You don't know this about me. I when I am not happy with my body, I suffer from disordered eating. Mm -hmm. And I was not eating. I had not eaten in two days in that picture. Wow. And so now that I'm at this place where I'm happier with myself, I'm healthier with myself. But like even now, and I've tweeted about this. If you follow me, I'm staying with my mom while I'm working in Michigan. She has to force me to eat. Now that I'm trying to lose weight, she's been making my plates because she knows that my eating will get disordered again. Mm -hmm. So it's this whole it's fat phobic thing like no it's terrifying and it's an insecurity that's yeah, people what are just trying to work through that shit every day and yeah. it could be rooted in that but like to well you're a fat like it's just it's a lot but like people is dealing with their own journeys and their own bodies and like, we gotta be in our own bodies much. i just i just well no i mean it's fine i know we had a reader i mean not a reader a listener you know it's like, like hey can you do put a trigger warning well Sorry, we, I don't know. We were put in the description. I don't even know how that works, but trigger warning, we be talking about bodies on here, but we just try to, you know, be transparent about our own shit. Um, but yeah, I look at my, like I was working out in 2019 because I hit 165. And I was like, oh my God, girl, I'm so bad. Get me a trainer, Jesus. And I was like, oh, it's just so disgusting. I look back at the pictures. I was so skinny. <laughs> like if I could just be the fat bitch I thought I was then, you know what I'm saying? I'm over there. Ch- I'm 160 trying to chase 155. You know what I'm saying? When I was 155, I wanted to be 145. It just, it just never gonna be enough. 
So, yeah, sorry to get so body talky. Um, but yeah, let's get into the topic. Let's- yeah. Um, sorry, so today, no, we're sorry. Uh, today, very quickly, obviously, because we spent most of our time uh, with the Moesha music. Uh, dear Diary. <laughs> um, but we are talking about Black sitcoms today, which is very exciting to me because I am Black and I also enjoy sitcoms. So I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah. Melanie, let's kick it off. What is your favorite Black sitcom? Go. Um, for a long time. So, Okay. You know, for like growing up, of course, we watched all the UP and shit in real time. And then like they went away when they, you know, obviously the CW merger and all that. We've got all our cool black stuff taken from us. And then you can catch them on certain channels, like Fuse of Playing sometimes. And I thought it was Moesha. I thought Moesha was my favorite. And then as I watched, I'm like, Moesha kind of sucks as a person. Like, Moesha is an awful fucking person. Moesha is a bitch. The way she showed up at that fucking car. That now I don't give Frank Mitchell much, but he got her that car and she shot her ass and one of that first Jeep ever made and had that fucking clunker going down the street with that cash the clunker. She pissed me off with that. Well, how she did Hakeem when he didn't have money for Africa, but she didn't have money for Africa either. And when they called Kim Fat, it's just so many reasons that I did not fuck with. And, they, and then I realized Kim, Kim so wrong. Sorry. And yes, and I realized Kim is the reason I like Moesha. Kim was a star. So then I was like, it's the Parkers. And then when all the stuff came back to Netflix, I'm like, no, Sister, Sister is that sitcom. Sister, Sister is that girl. And if you notice, like, now nah, my girls are down bad the first couple of seasons. It, it's no way two light-skinned girls in the 90s was going down this bad in dating. Because they could not get a date to save their life. And shout out to Merlin Santana, who dated every 80s and 90s sitcom girl. They, he dated Rudy. He yep. dated Tia and Tamara. He dated Moesha. He yep. dated, um, who else? I'm Don't forget somebody. the Steve Harvey show. He dated everybody on the Steve Harvey show. He was working. May he rest in peace. So fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a sister. It was just so good. So many great moments. It was honestly very pure. Even though Lisa was kind of wild, they never talked about sex on that show. Maybe Lisa did, but like Tia and Tamara never talked about sex. It they was never very age appropriate. It was very age appropriate. And it just, and not like in look a at us. kind of way. Look, look, look at us being aunties. <laughs> They was dressed nice. It was nice young ladies. They, they was dressed for their age. <laughs> no, but it was just a good, feel-good show. Like, them going to prom, them going oh, to college. Man. Like, Moesha, once Moesha went to college and Kim left, that shit, it, it didn't Let's, even jump the shark. That shit jumped the goldfish. That shit was just bad. Let's talk about Sister Sisters college glow up. They, oh got, them, they got them roller wraps. When them bitches straighten their hair, Woo! the boyfriends, the bro- boyfriends are such a nice addition. We forgot about Roger. Like it was they, and I, it's so funny because like, Roger went on home. Netflix, he went home and he stayed there. I went back on Netflix because you know you want when you're binging it, you notice more things. You know they photoshopped them two niggas into <laughs> into the intro. They were just mm-hmm. gotta do what I, and I got. Now that's Moesha. Uh, I got my Uber. They they copied you know they sang that theme song. Uh, T and Tamara? Yeah, I've always known that. Well, child, shit, I was just trying to see if you were. Now, you know, T and Tamara would get to sing it any chance they got on that damn show. Mm-hmm. I'm going down. True. Um, but yeah, I think that is the show. And a lot of them didn't age well, not in a problematic state, but just like, I'm just not having fun. Like, I couldn't finish one on one, I couldn't finish girlfriends. Well, girlfriends couldn't finish girlfriends either. Girlfriends could not finish girlfriends, but it just, yeah. 
And then that's a Raven. I feel like that like it's a it's a sitcom, obviously. But like we were talking about like Negroes. My favorite sitcom was the Jamie Foxx show. Um yeah. and I just I thought and still think he would he's just so funny. Yeah. He's just so funny. And it was so believable that he was just the good for nothing clunking around cousin who had to figure it out. And then when he started singing, I was like, oh, this nigga is a talent. Even as no. a little girl, I was just like, mm-hmm. that was the first time that I realized that in art, you could do more than one thing. Um, And I, I had already kind of felt that way about Beyonce, but that was a different thing. Yeah, he was doing both things in the same show, in the same medium, and I was just like, the "Wedding, the wedding." First of all, Fancy's wedding dress, Fancy's wedding dress. Oh my god! I, it, first of all, I don't have the titties for it, and when I get my new titties, also I'm crowdfunding for my new titties. If they won't let me get them, because I got to get down to a 27 BMI to have them consider me for the surgery, and just in case I don't, I'm gonna raise the money online. Um. It's like $7,000. But uh, I don't have the titties for that dress. But when I do, I'm going to put it on. I remember that being an event. Like, I feel like my mom made dinner. We sat in the living room and ate our food and watched Fancy and Jamie's wedding. Like, they don't have really, like, moments like that. I feel like TV is so popcorn now. Like, everybody want to stream it at midnight for power and spoil and live tweets. We used to sit as a fucking family and watch TV on Sunday night. Or, you know what I'm saying? Whatever night, whatever shit came on. That shit kind of died with uh, Shonda, though, in my opinion. Yeah. uh, With Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. Because I remember when Scandal and all of that came out, even though these aren't sitcoms. But I remember when Scandal came out, um, somebody said the other day, like, that's the reason why we live tweet shows is Scandal. Um, We used to sit down, me and my stepmom used to sit down and watch Scandal together. And all of the big moments in the show are big moments that I'll like never forget. And they, you're right, they don't make TV like, and it's always like, it's like how Beyonce was like the girls, they just keep putting out singles. They keep putting out singles. They don't put out a complete body. They don't of stick. They, they don't, don't, they don't. The shows don't stick. Mm-hmm. They want to trend while they're on Netflix or while they're on Hulu. They get their three, four little seasons out and then it's done. It's no, mm-hmm. it's no staying power. It's we're not going to be talking about like, for example, Bridgerton. I'm not going to. I liked it. I liked it. What uh, Kanye say about Gaga? I like the song, even though he's a lunatic. But what the fuck? I'm not going to be talking about this ten or twenty years from now. It's going to be Look, oh, that's so many Bridgerton. things. Even though that's another Shonda show, it you is. see the difference. You see the it difference. Just, we have so much that just it's, it's again it's so popcorn it's so quick it's like we knew like even with albums now people are like where's the album albums used to breathe for two years they give you some singles they give you like three six months they let them two singles breathe the album come out they do a press tour good morning america went up to the park they do some radio they do early show they do kennel kennel kimmel they do all the shit they drop the album they drop two three more singles we get some remixes we get the deluxe version they take a year or so off, or some months. Then you get another album. We do it over again. People want an album every six months. Where's but that's the album? Because, because also, like, people don't do that work anymore now that it's mm-hmm. streaming. Because yeah. you had to be about your fucking money, both TV and music. You had to be about your bread because you had your shot when you had your shot when your album came out you had to when your singles came out you had to do the work you had yep. to get them seen and people had to physically go and buy your cds 
people had to physically first of all I remember because Adele said something about her and Drake and she said you know we're really the last of that music class where people had to go and buy our records I had Drake I had thank me later in my hand I went to Walmart yeah I went to Walmart to the last album I physically bought I think was Trey Song's Trigger and because that was like 2014 was like that gray area. It was still some streaming. I mean, it was starting to be some streaming, but you really had to like, you could download it on iTunes. People weren't really physically buying albums still like today, but you still had to buy the album if you wanted to listen to it like on demand. Um, well, the but there were no otherwise. services that people were really there, signing up for. Yeah, we had Pandora. And then I remember when Spotify came out, so I was like, so wait, all the music available in the world, just type it in and listen to it? What? And I paid how much for it? What? I remember when that shit came out. Then before then, I think I bought um, Beyonce 4 was physical. That was 2011. And then after that, I started just downloading them on the iTunes and it would just come on my phone. Like, um, I had gotten, uh, what's Drake? Uh, So Far Gone. That just downloaded. And then, but I used to love like every day, like, okay, for example, Chris Brown. When Chris Brown's second album came out, I got home from school. I went to MLK. My mom picked me up. We went to Subway. We went to Walmart on Panola. I got the DVD set. I had I needed the set. Fuck it, just I need the DVD. I want the access granted. I want to see the behind the scenes. I want to hear the interviews. I want who produced what. I want all of it. So you get the DVD set. I had a pink Walkman. So we driving back. So the first two songs I skipped because I already listened to them. But I was like, you know, I might listen. You know, the singles you skip on the album. Mm-hmm. The first song was throw throw was like that go go shit. Second song was kiss kiss. I skipped that and then take you down. I remember exactly where we were. Like. We was making that left turn on snap finger. <laughs> and I was like, Bitch. <laughs> I, became, I tell this story all the time. It's when I became my, a woman. My grandmother took me. First of all, I asked my grandmother for the Pretty Ricky Blue Stars album. Oh, she, my God. And I was not allowed to. I was telling somebody this today. I was not allowed to listen to anything sexually explicit. Right. So whenever something that was sexually explicit came out, I had to like con my grandmother into buying it. because She really she wasn't. Know better. She don't know no better. Um, so I, the Pretty Ricky album was coming out. I knew the day it was coming out. And I said, I got to figure out a way to get this money by tomorrow. Like, I, like, <laughs> I got to get it. So I got to get it. So I told my grandma, I said, uh, I need to go to, and I knew she liked to go to Target. So I was like, I need to go to Target to get the CD. And she's like, what CD is it? And I was like, it's Pretty Ricky. She's like, Pretty Ricky. Who was Pretty Ricky? And hey, my, Ricky, they call my black ass said, and I quote, um, they're kind of like a black in sync. <laughs> and she said, Oh, you mean with uh that's fine. And then <laughs> we went to go get it. And I remember playing in my pink sparkly Walkman. I remember playing the Pretty Ricky Blue Stars album and it being too loud in my headphones. And I was like, oh, and I had to turn it down. She was like, you sure you just don't want to put it in the CD player in the car? I was like, oh, no, ma'am. Oh, no, um, no, no, that's fine. No, 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 that's okay. I, I got my headphones, the big, with the, with the soft part on it. Oh, mm-hmm. good time. No, we, so luckily for me, I had older sisters. So Monique and her best friend, they were about to be seniors when Blue Stars came out. And I'm from South Florida, so we knew, my parents knew, they were doing high school for the past, like, five, six years, like, just, like, doing, like, high school, you know, pep rallies and shit. So (laughs) 
heard my cousin was listening to the album, so I'm just like soaking it all in, just being like 11, like this is nasty. And like the way, <laughs> and I didn't have LimeWire on my computer for my little iPod. So my older sister would do like big file transfers for me. So she would get all the stuff from LimeWire and then she would transfer it to me. So she would just have big CDs and like here's all this music. So I would just get all the music from them. So I would have all the old people shit, like the grown shit by way of my sisters on my iPod. So thank God, because I think I borrowed the Blue Star CD because we had the physical one. And I just, you had to type that shit in manually. Like, look. Uh, what does it get you right? Mm-hmm. You had to name your songs. You had to name your songs. Sometimes I would have caps locks on. So, like, some songs would be capitalized. <laughs> it didn't have no art. Good time. Like, a, a bit, huh. man. But anyway, we don't got to our topic. Sitcom. Okay, so let me do my least favorite. My least favorite sitcom was Eve. Listen, mm. it made no sense. Why is your name Shelly on the show, but the show is named Eve? I hated it. Now, now wait, because you said Jamie Foxx show is your favorite. His name was not Jamie Foxx. His name was Jamie King in that's, the show. That's, that's different. I could suspend the disbelief for the last name. Because in the Steve Harvey show, he was Steve Hightower. He wasn't Steve too. Harvey. And he wasn't Steve Harvey. But you, Miss Paul Print. You, <laughs> Shelly, in my face? You're going to be Shelly in my face? And your name is Eve? No, ma'am. Eve, how you doing? And you got this nerd to always be spelling it, and then you go and be Shelly on the show? I don't think so. I just couldn't get into it. The boutique that they worked at, I didn't like the set. It seemed like they let, like, a fourth grader design it. I hate that the whole the whole thing about it, it, was, it didn't have that man in it who... I think he might have played her boyfriend in Barbershop. He, he was the boyfriend in Barbershop, too. Mm-hmm. He is so ugly to me in, like, the what? way that, like, he's attractive, like, conventionally. But something about the way he speaks and moves just drives my cat right on up. I just, he, I can't get to it. He is 2000 handsome. And, like, that transitional fine, like, you had the 90s fine, you had the 2000s fine, and then you got to the more, like, the 2010s. And he's somebody who your auntie would call nice looking. Yeah, I don't think he's ugly, but I do. And he always played like a dumbass. So just like. Yeah, I don't know. It just, the whole thing, it seemed all very um, thrown together. I wasn't a fan of it. Anytime, like, I think about it, I get mad. Like, if I'm, like, thinking about TV shows, I'm like, uh, Shelly. Like, I'm, like, seething. What is my least favorite? Um... I don't know. I feel like my least favorite is all the last couple seasons of these shows because none of them really like got set off. Like the last couple seasons of Family Matters, they need to ask me, how dare you change the mama, first of all. Oh, you know what? My favorite sitcom is definitely Fresh Prince. I'm sorry. I'm going to change my answer. It's Fresh Prince. I mean, outside of sisters, it's, it's Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. And I hate that they compare it to Martin, but niggas love comparing things. Fresh Prince has so much more substance than Martin. Martin was funny. It was silly. And that was, and it was borderline problematic. And Grant, I yeah, guess I'm, I'm saying the Martin commentary. Um, I think for Fresh Prince, you can say that it was fat phobic for the jokes <laughs> with the daddy, the, the uncle. But like the shit was good. You know, we had Carlton overdosing. We had Carlton getting shot, oh, getting the gun or some shit, or getting shot or whatever the fuck it was. Like it was fucking good. And that was like when I fell in love with Wilson. And another thing I like, and this is, we talked about this another time about, I used to really like the coffee show. 
And especially like them last, and it wasn't because of Bill. It was because like everybody else, like Raven was so fucking cute. I loved Rudy and Bud. I loved when Erica Alexander joined the show. And Charmaine and motherfucking Lance. That Alan Payne was so motherfucking fine. He was fine. I didn't like the Cosby show for two reasons. One, I had a dad and he didn't act like that. So it just always was disingenuous to me because I was like, that's not how dads behave. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what y'all got going on in your household, but this is bullshit. Because what is this? Where are the belts? Like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All this peace. What yeah, I, I just wasn't into it. And then and I'm not trying to be funny because people always say I'm I'm capping. I'm not. Bill Cosby has always had such a weird energy to me in every aspect that like even as a little kid, I was like, nah, he's got this murky, fake, nice, fake, happy energy that just really rubs me the wrong way that I just cannot get into the show. Now, I was there for the girls. You know, like I enjoyed them. I enjoyed their contribution. Yeah. I did not not know Felicia Rashad would become a, a crazy person in her older age, but I enjoyed Felicia Rashad's content. Yeah. content. I liked, um, I mean, I even liked Theo. I liked Theo. I liked the stupid boyfriends because uh, Elvin was dumb. It was funny. And I liked Cockroach. I, I, I literally, yeah. I liked everybody really but Bill. Like I never really was like going up for Bill like that, like that. Right. And it's and it's crazy because like he also had Fat Albert. Like this nigga with some kids and little Bill. Like I remember when Little Bill dropped, nigga was excited. We get a black cartoon. I like Little Bill because of his mom, but that was pretty much um everybody was black and the sister looked like me because I was I was brown with ponytail. Yeah. But um let's move on to cancel too soon. Ooh, I just had a, a, a heartburn. Mm. Shit. Shit. Um, cancel too soon for me, even though I know it has six seasons. I don't want to hear about it. Boo boo throwing tomatoes. I don't know why I'm speaking in TikTok today, but I've been watching them for a hundred hours. So now all of it is just on my <laughs> tomato, mind. Tomato, 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 tomato. tomato. Uh, I would I could have seen um two shows happen forever. So Steve Harvey show, I could have seen happen forever my whole life. I think it should have been running hilariously up until today. And then also, which I hope you all agree with me. My wife and kids should have gone on for eternity. I wanted to see the grandchildren. I wanted yes. to see everybody grow up. You know all- what? I keep on getting more answers. My wife and kids and Everybody Hates Chris, some of the best work. I think Everybody Hates Chris was the last great black sitcom. Yep, it was. Because I black shows, now. I don't I haven't considered really blackish like a sitcom. It's not really a sitcom. Everybody Hates Chris was so good. And the replay value, I remember when it dropped because I was like, ooh. Actually, Blackish is my least favorite sitcom. And let me tell you why. Because it's not a Black show for Black people. It's explaining Blackness to white people. To white people. And it's mm-hmm. almost explaining Black people in such a way that's so palatable. Palatable, yep. Yes, to white people that it doesn't feel Black anymore. And it just, it's just... It's just cringy to me. And I try so hard because I love Tracy Ellis Ross. I truly do. I, I love her and I try to give it a go. I don't know what is wrong with Kenya Barris. Um, I hope he's now something's wrong with that whole mix thing that he has going on. I'm not sure about that. Is, I don't, but I did not, I don't like that. And I, I love Jennifer Lewis too. Um, I love everybody on the show. Anthony, I, don't Anthony, like I like him. 
he has a, a, a murky history because I didn't know about those rape charges until recently, but it was also on brand that he became accused. Um, but yeah, I love all the kids. Like, and I and I met the cast when the show first started, and I was working as a PA, and they were so sweet. And the oldest boy's daddy was such a nice man. And Marsha is my goddaughter. That is, that's my little cousin. Don't talk to him. Period. That's my daughter. <laughs> daughter. Why y'all always talking about my daughter? <laughs> she's about to do what she's about to do. Anyway, but yeah, I, I love the. I actually never really sat down and watched more than one episode of Blackish because it just. I mean, I didn't have cable like that. So, like in college when it was like really really hot, I did not. Now Empire, it's not a sitcom. But when Empire was good, Empire should be studied because I've never seen something be so immediately woven into the culture only to disappear and or be a joke in such a short amount it, of time. I've never it seen it so fast. It no season one, like cause I, it was like spring senior year. That shit was so good. We was huddled in them with them little bitty TVs in our apartments. Like this is television. <laughs> and it came up season two. Season two was still good. Like it gave us drip drop. The songs were good. It gave us Justice Smollett. We were like, oh, um, Journey got a brother. And when he was like, this is the kind of song that makes a man love a man. And you start tearing tired, like, oh, and that was television. They don't make TV like that. Boo Boo Kitty. We got to see Taraji and Lingerie in offices. It was great. And then somewhere along the line, Somewhere around season three, it got weird. We had Frida Gats, Chris Rock was on there, and he was supposed to be some kind of murderer. I don't take Chris Rock seriously as a murderer. And then it was just first of all, if if I'm first of all, no, no disrespect. Chris Rock in my contract, Chris Rock can't murder me in no TV show. It can't be Chris. Pookie? You Pookie gonna, gonna murder me? No, 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 no. That's disrespectful. None for me, please. Um also. With me and my TV experiences, whether it's a sitcom or not, there's always one episode of a show when I quit that I can be like, you know what? Nope. And I have to go back and watch Empire and find which one it is. Because like for Grey's Anatomy, I know the show and I know that I'm the, I know that I am solid in my personality because every time I've tried to rewatch Grey's Anatomy, I stop at the same episode and I'm like, I don't need this shit. And something happened in Empire where I was like, no thanks. And I have to go and find what it is. Um. Let's see. Um, most problematic. Let me know when it's my turn. I guess most of them haven't aged pretty well. I, I was Martin. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say Martin. I think, and, and Martin is funny. Like it was an episode on yesterday. I was over here cracking up, but honestly, like, oh, well, him and Pam used to go back and forth. But Pam is a bad bitch. You go to and tell her she ugly. Like, I, oh, joking or not, like some of them was teeting around that line. And then when you know Martin in real life and his dating history or whatever, whatever, we know what you meant, nigga. It, it was colorism, and that's and that's that's really what the issue was because why did Pam have to be the butt of all the jokes? You there are you've got Cole, who's the dumbest nigga on the planet, and it's so funny because it's a running joke that Cole is stupid. It's a running joke that Tommy doesn't have a job, but those jokes are kind of like way more lighthearted almost seemed like he was attacking Pam every chance he got and then mm. also the Shanene situation I get that you know the he dressed up as the Shanene character but it was it was so blatantly like anti-dark-skinned woman and mm. it was so blatant blatantly like 
colorist and oh we're holding gina up as this pedestal as this like pedestal this paragon and every other every other dark-skinned woman in the show or we're gonna say this is you know what i'm saying we're gonna make fun of a dark scene one in the show we're gonna give shit for eight thousand seasons it was terrible yeah and and then just like yeah, and just like the behind the scenes stuff, you know, Martin was on that shit and had that whole situation. He was in the middle of the road in LA and all that stuff. It was just like it was a lot going on over there in Martin. So, and and it and it was funny. And I will say it was funny, it had some great moments or whatever, but it was just like this is this is problematic. Like you can see it now. Like the same way, like in coming to America, you can see the direct parallels and the colorism with the two sisters mm-hmm. and how she was like over sexualized and you know, doing all that weird shit, and then we have perfect patty. It's it's just it's strange. Um yeah. also I'll say again, Family Matters got very weird. I wouldn't say problematic. Well, you know, it was because Steve needed to be on some kind of watch list because why are you here every day? Go home, Steve. Right. That should have been the catchphrase for that dead program. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some, something more problematic, but I just cannot think of it right now. Um, did I say what was canceled too soon? I, I agree with you. I, I wanted to see Everybody Hates Chris going a little longer, too. That was, yeah. that was such a good show. My wife and kids, honestly, I remember when that ended, and I was like, that's it. Like, we didn't get to see Junior. Junior grow up. Like, it was so much more they could have done, especially with Katie growing up. She had a living boyfriend at eight years old. Don't know what that was about. They, their kids were doing whatever they wanted over there. But it was funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What? what okay. This is not on the docket, but, like, what's the sitcom when you, or a TV show, period, like, where you saw yourself the first time? Like, this bitch is me. It's so funny because I was going to say this as my most influential and I realized that I didn't specify if we were talking about for the culture or personally, but Mm -hmm. I will say, and this is so funny because I think I've told you I never really thought of myself as a child, for real. (laughs) Okay. Have we talked about that? Maybe not. We'll get into it later. Um, Girlfriends. And I was Mm -hmm. a child, but that was the first time that I looked at a TV show and was like, I have a future. And mm-hmm. of course I was a kid and I didn't know that so much of what they were saying was like pick me-ish and problematic and gross. But like, I wanted to be Tony Childs. I was like, she is smart and she's kind of selfish and she's men like her and she's charming. And I was like, yeah, Tony Childs. And I was just like, what I'm going to do is grow up and be Tony. Even when Mm -hmm. I realized she was being terrible, I was like, if I'm going to grow up and be terrible, I'm going to be terrible in this this way. This is my path. Um, Which, you know, I've done some of it. I've got the real estate license. You know, Mm -hmm. I've got the breasts. I'm halfway there. Um, (laughs) But that was the first time that, like, I watched the show and I was like, I could be any one of these women. And I, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd be cool with it. Who did I want to be? Um... I used to think, so my sister was the quintessential 90s teenager. Like, Melissa, like, she had the braids. Her last name was Mitchell. She was basically Moesha. And, but she was also a little bit of Dion from Clueless. Again, Stacey Dash's side. I thought them bitches was the coolest bitches ever. Like, being a teenager in the 90s just seemed so fucking cool. So I kind of wanted to be a little bit of Moesha. kind of wanted to be a little bit of, um, a little bit of Dion. Um, as far as seeing myself, it's like, honestly, the annoying younger siblings, I was like, yep, retweet. Me, Corey, Miles, um, who else was annoying? The little sister from Love Don't Cost a Thing. I was like, yep, me, period. 
Um, the little sister. That's the little sister from Barbershop. I wonder what she's doing now. Well, she's like, I'm a tell mama. I thought that was so funny when they were stealing. Oh, ATM. yeah. When they were stealing ATM. Yeah, she was funny. Yeah. She was funny. Um, okay. Crushes. All right, boom. Okay. So, uh, boom. Uh, what is her name? Raven Gomez. Raven Gomez. Oh, of course. Yes. Zaria. Duh. Yep. Raven Gomez. And then um, Marlon. Wayans. Wayans. Now, let me tell you something. Marlon Wayans. I could watch that show on mute. And everybody was always talking about Sean, how fine he was. I was, I was part of the Sean, like, propaganda. But growing up and becoming a woman is knowing that it was always Marlon. Well, I, it was always Marlon for me. I'm Marlon Hive. I was like, now that there is a fine black man. I was asking grown women to make sure. I asked my grandma, he's handsome, yes? Yes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> and I told my grandma because she wasn't into the show. I'd be like, they say this is the cute one. But this is the cute one, right? No, you know, you know, like on uh, in Dream Girl, when Curtis had them zoom in on, on, on Dina. That's the one. When I first saw you, I said, oh, my. That's how I feel about Alan Payne. So my first question, Will Smith as Fresh Prince. And then Alan Payne, I would be up. Them Charmaine episodes. I love Charmaine anyway, because she's funny. And that's how, like, they were like, you know, we bring you to a different world, bitch, because you're funny. But that motherfucking Alan Payne is land, and that's what I knew. Me, my chocolate, I was gonna get my light skin king one day, <laughs> and I and I and I've unpacked it. It's not colorism. I think I just like these niggas, and I've, I've dated plenty of dark skin men. But that Alan Payne, fine. Alan Payne, right there. And when I was old enough to watch Jason's lyrics, the uncut version, and I saw that body hair, I said, "Yes, God." Mm-hmm. I could still uh. I still got it from Marlon Wayans, and I'm a woman now. I said, I am a woman I now. I am a woman. <laughs> like, I love no, you. No, you know who else was fine? We, we said Merlin Santana. Most of Moesha's niggas was fine. With Moesha, if she didn't have nothing else, she didn't have no common sense. She had taste. Moesha, Moesha had- I mean, um, Q, Ohaji, uh, Brandon, the Kappa one. Mm-hmm. Fine. Was Fine. Brandon in the show? What was Jer- no, Jeremy was Usher. Jeremy. Hakeem was wasn't ugly. Hakeem was not Hakeem, ugly. Hakeem wasn't ugly, but Hakeem was just like... He looked like I, he didn't wear deodorant, though. I had friend-zoned him. Like, he wasn't even my friend, but he was in my friend-zone, because he's, he's Hakeem. You come eat breakfast, you bother me. That, I feel like they forced that. That's one thing I hate about them sitcoms. Like, we have a good boy-girl friendship, and then by the end of the show, y'all run out of ideas, now they got a kiss in the mouth. They right. did that with Hakeem and Moesha, they did it with Raven and Eddie. And that Raven and Eddie, that kiss. I could have gone my whole life without Raven and Eddie kissing. That was terrible. Raven and Eddie, I didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Raven was gay the whole time. Eddie was plotting on some crystal mask, and he won't, he won't stop telling us they hunched in the, in the mouth. It was awful. And you know what? That's, that's like, I think, got to be the most annoying thing. Of course, I've never been famous, but in my delusions where I am, I think that's got to be the most annoying thing that somebody will not stop saying that they slept with you. Like, oh my God, give it up, delicious. Like, please, like, who cares? Who cares? I honestly, like, see that coming for me when I make it. And it's just like, I I tried so hard to not to sleep with too many people, but it's still going to be a few that's going to let everybody know in the town square. I've had Melanie's vagina. (laughs) I've 
vagina. Like, please. That wasn't my final vagina. I don't even know that vagina no more. Exactly. I don't even sell it in that color no more. Right. I was using Olay. Right. Um, but yeah, you might have got was, some Summer's Eve box. The hell. Uh, that was definitely that purple, the purple bottle of Summer's Eve all through undergrad. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see what else you got. Um, they done a million reboots. Honestly, I don't even. I think should I, put that on there. I can't stand. Yeah, this I don't. I don't even want. Yeah, I'm just tired. Like, if it's not gonna be timely, if everybody's not alive, if everybody ain't alive, don't reboot it. If everybody's not alive, don't reboot Friday, it. Friday, Martin, Moesha. If but everybody ain't alive, leave it on the playground. I will say, I want girlfriends to have the Sex in the City treatment. I want two movies. And I want an old bitch spinoff because all of them are still alive and all of them are still working. I don't think I think that girlfriends and they're just as cringy and pick me and problematic as sex yeah, is carrying them. Yeah, they deserve their true. trip to Dubai and their wedding. They deserve that. I want to see it. Uh, so Prentice, maybe not two movies, one good movie. I want two movies. I want whatever them white bitches had. I want, <laughs> I want our black women. I want some equity. I want them to have it. I don't give a damn if the sequel is bad or not. I want to see it. <laughs> we need some closure, though. We need some closure. Yeah. Like they really like you know the party gets uh, closed down by the cops early, and you ain't get to dance when they go on the dance home. That's right. what happened with girlfriends. Like we do need some closure. Like we need answers. Um, yeah. So okay, last question, so we can wrap up and get the F on out of here. So, if you could have a sitcom about your life, pitch it and who's going to be in it? Okay, so, uh, if I could have a sitcom about my life, it would be based off the premise of that question where it was like, if everybody you ever had sex with was sitting in a room, like, what would you do? Um, And it would be a limited series. Uh, It would would be like a 10-episode limited series. And uh, let's see. I would have to just find some... So the nigga from Bridgerton would have to be in it. Um, whatever, John, whatever is Reach, I don't know how to say his name. Um, yeah. Jonathan Majors would be in it. Um, let's see who else would be in it if I had my druthers, if I had everything that I wanted. Hmm. Uh, Candyman, the new Candyman mm-hmm. would be in it. That's all I got so far, but it would definitely be like if everybody you ever had sex with was like in a room what would you do um and i would want to be like one of them i would want like this i want to be like a like a conference like (laughs) 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 um that's that's what i would that's what i would want like we're having like a small corporate like shareholders meeting over like 10 episodes oh my god um then you really put some thought into this i was gonna say something stupid oh uh, damn but <laughs> the thing i would pitch i would really i really want to write this so i'm not gonna do that um oh damn so i guess mine would be like okay my other idea is i actually want to write so i think maybe like growing up as a pastor's kid and like pastor's kid like doing that like and then i'll i'll embellish it and make her actually wild and do stuff because i did write a, a fan fiction about this which is basically like a fan fiction of my life. If I had a life, it was just like Sierra was his pastor's daughter, like a mega church in, in Atlanta. And she got, she started dating Chris Brown. He had her sneaking out and going to parties and all kinds of wild shit. I think I'm gonna do that. It was called Good Christian Girl. 
And you know what? I'm so mad because we bring it right back to Chris Brown standing. Because I was in the middle of writing. I had a good momentum. I was going to be like almost finished. Like I was doing really good. People were reading it. And then when Chris Brown hit Rihanna, they shut down his fan site, like the official one. So I never got to finish. Damn. I was very upset. I never got to finish it. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> don't write anything else about Chris Brown, okay? Um, yeah, no. That's okay. that's I stopped writing my him in like 2012. Um, we now me and my friend Brittany used to be writing some good stories. Like it was good, it was called Is that the girl I met at the comedy show. At the outside comedy show, then we went to Bar Vegan. No, 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 no. Okay. She was my friend, my friend from ninth grade. So we we befriended each other. Like I was like, girl, I found this thing called fan fiction. You would like it, and then that's the rest is history. We still plan on writing a novel together because we used to do like we used to do work. Like I write a chapter, and I send it to her. And she's like, oh, this good. Let me write a chapter. And we would like piggyback. That was fun. But okay, we gonna wrap up. Uh, y'all send us y'all. Sitcom fan fiction of y'all life, do whatever. If y'all make me some so. fan fiction about my life, that's what I want. I want to listen. I am not a famous <laughs> you know person, and I don't I like do the work to get famous, so I have to create my opportunities where they come. I actually make my own fan cams, uh, since nobody's ever going to do it for me. So, write me some fan fiction about my life. Um, if you need me to fill in some details, uh, where you don't want to make them up, please take your liberties as well. If you want to take some liberties <laughs> and make some shit up, I'm cool with that as well. But send me your fan fiction about me because I want to hear it. Sure. But okay, y'all. Thank y'all so much for acting with us. You know, we keep me coming every week, doing our acting best over doing here. It. And you know what? And stop supporting these lame nigga podcasts, and you can just somebody give us some damn money. Oh, and let me close by saying this: you weird, fresh and fit niggas, just like straight up. And then speaking directly to y'all, y'all are so strange. Y'all are so just like underprepared and underqualified for life. I really wish y'all would like learn a trade or something. We still need plumbers, <laughs> electricians. We need teachers right now. They're letting anybody in the classroom. Like go see the therapist and then maybe get your teaching certificate because this podcast shit that y'all are doing is a waste of time. Damn. Oh, thank you. Look at what my mother bought me. Thank oh, beautiful. Thanks, mom. You're the best. You know what this is? A lady. This a woman is of God. Thank you. My mom bought me some champagne, y'all. Ew. Ew. I'm like, I got some. I got some wine chilling downstairs. I'm gonna drink that when I watch Abbott Elementary. Ew. My mama okay. Said that she she was whispering. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> well, all right, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.